Hey, Unnecessary Roughness listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness, Barstool's college football show, the most uh, needlessly and almost hilariously raw and uncut college football podcast in all the lo- in all the land. We just really don't give a fuck. We don't care. We just let it go on the show, don't we, Casey Smith? We do, because guess what? We're allowed to not give a fuck. We don't have to give a fuck. Let the other people <laughs> give a fuck. Let the other people care. Let the other people get out there and say, well, they're going to give the old college try. Well, there's going to be a good hard-fought game between two. To fuck, some teams suck. Some teams are terrible. That is true. Some fan bases are just obnoxious. Hi, Tennessee. Some fan yeah, bases just need to be called out. Yeah, today. Yeah, why not? So people We're getting late in the season. It's November. It's not cutting time. It is week 11, which feels very bizarre that yeah. we're already getting close to the already end. already dark outside. You got on the, the Sherpa thing going oh, on over here. Listen, I mean, this, we're in football season. This is the time of year where if you love football and you love to be comfortable, you put your best hoodie on, whether it's the biggest one you have or the softest one you have, and you cuddle up on the couch, Mm -hmm. and you watch your teams play, or if your teams suck like both of ours do, you watch the biggest games of the week, you eat pumpkin spice things, shout out, I'm basic. Bowl of chili. Oh, some red wine, some dark beer, if you're into some whiskey. This is the best time of the year. God, geez, alcoholic. I mean, is this breaking news? name every liquor you can. No, I'm I'm naming warm liquor, like warm feeling things. I'm just just naming every liquor you can. You know, it's like whenever it's starts to get warm outside, you go to like rosés, or you go to like... Moonshine. Some Mad Dog 2020. I mean, you're naming everything over there. Moonshine? <laughs> I hate to offend people that like moonshine. Moonshine stinks. Unless I've just had bad moonshine. You don't drink moonshine unless you, that's like one of your only options. One time I went to Charleston, South Carolina, and I did a moonshine like tour thing. Did I'll, not end I'll well for me. I'll also say you've probably never found the right moonshine. I don't think Texas is really known for its moonshine. moonshine. you got to get up into Kentucky and get over to West Virginia. You know, I just stay true with some dark beer. Red if the wine, person serving your moon, if the person serving you moonshine has a full set of teeth, that's not going to be good moonshine. That's a good point. When's the last time you had Mad Dog Twenty Twenty? Oh, when I was eighteen. Okay, I've never had a long it before. time ago. I've never had it. It's just think, one of those things everyone throws out. Yeah, me and me and my uh, me and my friend Jarrell were uh, were hanging out after the uh, 1997 West Point High School prom, and everybody else was drinking, so we thought we had to drink, so we bought Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, and Gotta both hang- took about two sips and like this. No, I don't. I don't agree with this drink. That, I did not think that story was going to end that way. No, like it, when it I didn't. when you started with the peer pressure, I thought it was going to end with you like throwing up. I don't. I've I probably drank to to throwing up three times in my life. Same. This week, for you. No, mm. don't you shame me. I'm not going to shame you. Your you life are. is your life. Let's talk about some college you football. Do whatever you'd like. That You're is grown ass woman. I am a grown ass woman. What's the rest of the quote? The don't need no man. That's the rest of the quote. You need to remember is that, that a song. One. It's just like a. It was like an internet meme. Just remember it for next time. Okay. I'm just Jenny from the block. That's also just a song. God, she's so pretty. I never thought so. I never oh, got into J-Lo her. J Lo is so hot. I never got into her. 
Like I know Jag- she's attractive. Jag- Come on, back I'm not here. one of these guys saying, "Oh, she's not attractive." I just never. Right. When I'm listing, I just never like looked at her and was like, "Hmm, I really have a thing for J Lo." Top tier, I would say, yeah. especially longevity wise. Oh man, I mean, she's aging like a fine wine. Back to the wine. I guess I need a glass of wine. You need some. You need some liquor or something. You need something to drink. Yeah. We're getting towards the end of the week. You know what? Football. Football's coming up. By the way, people that shame me on the the Barcel gambling stream for drinking wine while watching football just don't know how to live life. That's insane. People shamed you for drinking wine? We're drinking wine's always like I don't well, drink. I drink wine. It might be the amount maybe that I'm drinking of the wine, but I still feel like if you love wine and you love to watch sports, whichever sport you may prefer, wine makes it better. No. I mean, if, listen, if you're dating somebody like Marty Mush, you got to get drunk. You got to drink wine. Yeah, I guess you need to ask his girlfriend that. Hmm? Hmm. That was a good one, Casey. Jack, it, great whose team, are, whose team are you on here? Well, well it's that was he, funny. He, he just keeps like pushing this this fake narrative. Although now that I do know what his girlfriend's name is, I might throw it in the podcast. I have told people, uh, I've told people on other shows that I host that it is indeed a fake narrative, and I do love pushing it. Yeah, because you're an <laughs> asshole. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> College football, baby. Man, all right. Game of the century of the year of the week this week. Number, depending on who you ask, you ask the AP. It's number one against number two. If you ask the college football playoff, it's number two against number three. Regardless, it's basically the first – it's the first college football playoff game of 2019. That's what it is, Alabama and LSU. One of them isn't going to be eliminated, but the winner is going to basically be put in a spot where something would have to go wrong to miss the playoff. Terribly wrong. Yeah, so going to be in a real good spot. The loser, I think, is going to be in an excellent spot as well. So it's not an elimination game at all. But it is the first salvo in a November that's going to – we're going to see these big-time programs and teams go up against each other. And you know what? I'm realizing before we get into the Alabama-LSU game, we got to set it up by talking about the college football playoff rankings that came out last night. Now, this has been doubtlessly talked about to death on ESPN and other places, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. It's quite boring, and frankly – It doesn't matter right now. one, it's quite irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Like, so much is going to happen – uh, between now and the time the playoff is actually picked, the first rankings really don't matter, but they give you an idea of where teams are and how far certain teams have to go. They also give you an idea of what the committee is looking at because we talked about this on the episode that we put out earlier this week about where Ohio State and LSU were going to land and if LSU was number one, what that would mean versus if Ohio State was number one. And now we kind of have more of a, a clue of what they're putting more weight on. Yeah, I think the this particular committee this year likes the eye test. Uh, LSU has the better resume. One thing I've got to say about Ohio State is people talk about their eye test and they act like Ohio State doesn't have a good resume. Ohio State has a pretty good resume. They have some nice wins. Uh, Wisconsin, I mean, it's not Ohio State's fault they beat them by 30. Wisconsin's a pretty good team. It's also not their fault that up until the Illinois game, Wisconsin looked like they could be unbeatable and then they just absolutely just laid an egg against a team they shouldn't have. And Ohio State beat Indiana, who in Indiana, you look up, they're 7-2. and two. Like, they're not chopped liver. And Ohio State made them look like that, but Ohio State's got a sneaky good resume. Still, LSU with three top ten wins, uh, they have the best resume in the country. Ohio State has the best eye test. Ohio State number one, LSU number two. And I find it interesting that Alabama's number three because that has to be purely eye test because they don't have any resume at all. They have zero resume at this point in the season. They've had one of the most embarrassing schedules I've ever seen, not not of their own doing, just the SEC schedule, the way it's shaken out. They played Ole Miss and Tennessee and South Carolina. They just haven't played anybody. So Alabama at number three is surprising. Penn State at number four, I can see that. They have the win over Michigan. Clemson hasn't done anything. 
if you're outraged about Clemson being at number five, that's a waste of breath because they're just sitting in that spot that they're going to inherit a spot anyway. See, and I, I understand because obviously all four of those teams are going to have to play each other in some form or fashion. However, I did tweet this out. I'm also of the, the book where it's like doesn't matter in week one because it's all going to shake out. However, if you are a Clemson fan, and we talked about this in past podcasts, I put the ACC on my shit list last week. Because they put it at number five, what the committee basically told us and put it into a vacuum, but what they basically said was is they think that that conference is such a joke that an undefeated Clemson is going to be left out if the playoff was this weekend because of the strength of schedule. Now, I understand Alabama hasn't played anybody. They also know, of course, they're playing LSU this weekend. They still have Auburn. They potentially still have Georgia. But Clemson, if I was a Clemson fan, I would be so furious with the rest of that conference. I understand they almost lost to North Carolina. Get out of my mentions with that. Nobody is paying attention to Clemson right now because the strength of schedule is so, so bad. So I saw you tweet that, and I've got a counterpoint to that. Counterpoint me, baby. So I don't know if you're Clemson that you're furious your conference sucks. I think you might be a little secretly glad your conference sucks. I mean, you played North Carolina, and you beat them by one on a two-point conversion that went awry. If your conference was good and had a second good team, you might get beat. But Clemson, who had a couple of – their A&M game wasn't impressive and their North Carolina game obviously wasn't impressive. Now, they looked a lot better since. But if Clemson had another – if they had a – let's say they had an Auburn on their schedule, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm not big on Auburn, but they had a Georgia on their schedule, they probably – they could have a loss. So while the conference has done no favors to the strength of schedule for Clemson – it's also done no harm to them by not giving them another threat. And I meant that as this week. Because obviously, moving forward, we know LSU or Alabama has to lose. That's a fact. We know that Penn State or Ohio State has to lose. That's a fact. But if the college football playoff was being played this weekend, Clemson would be left out because of their conference. If the college football playoff were this weekend, it would be really confusing. Nobody would have tickets. The weather wouldn't you be right. You know what I mean. I'm just saying. I I, I get what you're saying. Like I get what you're saying. You but just, you also get what I'm saying. Just, I, I know exactly what you're saying. That's why I <laughs> no. called it a counterpoint. I didn't call it an argument. I simply no, no, called no. it a counterpoint. I'm not going to argue. But I, my whole thing with it, and I totally understand, you know, I had people tweeting at me on both sides of it saying, well, yeah, like, but they're going to win every game because the conference is so much worse than everybody else. And then on the other side, it is a pride thing. You know, if, if you are a Clemson fan right now and you're looking at the fact that you're the reigning national champions, you have Trevor Lawrence, you have Dabo Sweeney, you have everybody down the list, and you are still technically not in the college football playoff as of November, whatever the date is, then that's a pride thing. The only reason that's happening is because the rest of the ACC is garbage and the rest they don't see the rest of the conferences as that way. The only places I think the uh, – I'm sorry, Jack had something to say. Go I ahead. like when Jack raises his hand, by is, the way. Is, Jack raised his hand. <laughs> that's a new thing here at Barstool. It's yeah, like, just raise, you know, your just raise your hand. Can and I you say get that on. I brought that? I started that. When I got here, I was raising my hand. I hate to stuff. tell you this. That's a Dave Portnoy thing. I, I, I inspired him to do it. Go ahead. He, okay. Nope, he hadn't. He started on April 13th. <laughs> sure. Go. Is Alabama mm. strength of schedule that much better than Clemson's? No. No, not. and that's but where I, the name recognition No, it's not name in. recognition. Alabama mm. hasn't had the near miss that Clemson have in North Carolina. That's what it is. That's fair. And that's they, fair. But, they, it all, but it also does come down to they know that they're going to have to either – they're, they're going to be either knocked out of the top four or they're going to go up in the top four because they have to play LSU this I don't weekend. think the Alabama being ahead of Clemson is a surprise. I think Penn State passing Clemson but not passing Alabama is interesting. If Penn State had a better, better resume or eye test than Clemson, well, they also probably should have passed Alabama because Alabama hasn't beaten anybody. Would you say that's where the name recognition comes in? I don't think – I think all these – we're, we're not arguing any teams that have any more name recognition over the other. Clemson, Nick Penn State, Alabama. Though. Yeah, but – 
he's at three. It's not like he's at one with no resume. He's at three. LSU and Ohio State have separated themselves. So I think where the interesting part of the college football playoff, and we're not going to talk about this much longer because I know it's it's kind of dragging. Was ours is not dragging, but the I know whole world is. Yeah. I know you've been hearing this for a couple of days. So where I think it's interesting is Utah and Oregon are both ahead of one loss Oklahoma. They're at seven and eight. So that. The Pac-12 is in a really good spot Mm -hmm. to sneak back into this playoff with Oregon and Utah presumably playing each other for the championship and presumably both having one loss. Now, that might not happen that way, but they're in a good spot. Which is completely opposite of what we said earlier in the season. We buried them. We did. And the fact that the Pac-12 championship, if everything stands the way it is, is going to be a top 10 matchup to potentially get in the playoff is the – I just didn't think it was going to happen. I was looking for a fancy – I still don't know if it's going to happen because – because – those two teams ahead, Penn State and LSU, with road games at number one and number three, if those two teams lose by three points, they might not drop behind the Pac-12 champion. Now, the Pac-12 champion is in a good spot uh, regarding Oklahoma, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to LSU or Penn State or Alabama and Penn State or Alabama and Ohio State, whoever loses those games. So we don't know how far they're going to – that's what's – key you got those four undefeated teams at the top those five undefeated teams at the top at least two are going to be one lost teams do they drop to the back of the pack do they just i think they shift down do they just compress the pack it's you know i know you don't like me using this word all the time but i'm going to use it again so are you ready they're going to cannibalize each other at the oh, top dear. <laughs> i don't think they no, do cannibalize. No, no 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 i mean I, I was just really just wanting to say that just to irritate you but the fact that it's going to be when you look at lsu alabama you look at penn state ohio state who obviously play each other later down the line when they lose to each other they're losing to one of the other top four teams so that's not going to drop them below a georgia who lost to a shitty team yeah. i would think it's just going to push everybody down and then you move clemson up into the top four depending on what happens like God forbid if like Minnesota beats Penn State, then you start wondering like, okay, do they deserve one of those spots? I don't think you can drop a one loss top four team outside of those top six spots. I think it depends on who it is. I think if LSU loses with their three top ten teams in their pocket, they have three top ten wins. If they have that in their pocket, they could drop to five. I think if Alabama loses its first test again, they have they've had a terrible schedule. They lose their first test against LSU, they could drop to nine or ten. I really but believe thing, that. It, I know it's Alabama. But it depends on how they lose to it. There's just levels to it because it depends. Like if Alabama loses to LSU by a field goal and it was like a hard fought game in Tuscaloosa and it technically, obviously, LSU is ranked higher, they might drop a couple spots. If they go out and get their doors blown off, they can't stop Joe Burrow, Tua doesn't have a great game, then yeah, they could drop further. It's just all going to depend on that eye test because the committee has made it very clear, at least in week one of these rankings. The eye test is what they're going off of. Two interesting things. Baylor at number 12. The committee really doesn't respect them very much, nor do they respect Minnesota at number 17. Minnesota, I get, because Minnesota has no good wins. They haven't played a top 30 team. They've been playing nothing but backup quarterbacks. They have their chance. Now, here's the thing. I don't think it's – I don't think you need to worry about being disrespected at Minnesota 17 or Baylor at 12 because everything's in front of both teams. Minnesota has Wisconsin, Iowa, and Penn State. If you go two and one there, you're a top ten team. If you go three and zero, oh, you're a top four team. That's the truth. They mm-hmm. they they will climb up the list very quickly. If Baylor beats Oklahoma and beats Oklahoma again, they'll be in the top four by the end. They really will. So you don't have to worry about that right now. But I find it interesting. They're at twelve and seventeen respectively right now. 
the fact that Wisconsin is is 13 between those two teams is crazy because Wisconsin got completely destroyed by Ohio State and obviously lost the game the week before. And the fact that they're ranked higher than Minnesota. But they have a win. They have a win. The committee yeah. values wins. Yeah. No. And I mean, we don't have to get in the whole Baylor thing. I am so deep in Baylor Twitter right now. Baylor has an opportunity to move up in that. Obviously, if Minnesota beats Penn State, they have an opportunity to move up in that. But the committee is is basically saying, hey, this year we're looking at the eye test. If you watch Minnesota play, they're not shocking you. Their their schedule has just been that bad. What about Utah being ahead of Oklahoma? Who has Utah beaten? Yeah, it's a good question. It's and, a good question. I, I think the committee just – well, I mean – they just threw darts or something. Who who is uh, Oklahoma's best win is Texas, who has three losses. It's a good name win, but I don't think either has a win that you really pin your pin your hat on. I'm just thinking out loud here. Is, and is, Utah's is, loss was to USC, is who Utah's, is five and four. Is Utah's best win at Washington. Is yeah, best win. Yeah, I, at that point. And Oklahoma's worst loss, oh, obviously their only loss was to number sixteen Kansas State. At that point, I think you're just kind of slotting teams. You're splitting to hairs. slot them, yeah. You're just kind of putting them on the board because because we'll find out in the coming weeks about Oklahoma when they get Baylor. Like if Baylor beats or if Oklahoma beats Baylor at Baylor, they're jumping Oregon and Utah, no problem. The only thing that I thought of was if they run the table, both Oregon and Utah, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma runs the table. Are they saying to us now that whoever wins that Oregon Utah game, if other chips fall, they'd put the Pac-12 in over the Big Twelve? I think presumably. You could read that into it. I don't think so. I, I think right now they just think they're better teams. Yeah, we've seen it change. So and I mean, also, if Oklahoma beats Baylor and then has to beat Baylor again, saying they make it to the Big Twelve championship, then that's you know the, the and how joy. they do it too, right, how right. they won. So that's the uh, college football playoff ranking. Well, you know what? That'll come out every Tuesday. It doesn't really matter until it matters, but it makes for some conversation. We got plenty of news on the show. We'll get to FSU coaching rumors. That I mean, that's interesting. They made the cut last time. Willie Taggart is gone. You and I, being the hardest workers in the business, came in and finished that out. Credit Shout to out us. us Credit know? to us. And I had just eaten about seventeen thousand pounds of wings too. It was nap time. Well, that's just a personal <laughs> confession you just made. I mean, nobody I'm just has to saying. Know that. You know, sometimes when you eat that much, you just want to go take a nap. That's my whole. Plan. There will be a big visitor at the Bama LSU game. Barry Sanders named the GOAT by USA Today? I haven't even seen that. We'll talk about that. The greatest college football player ever? That's interesting. He did have 39 touchdowns in 1988, his Heisman Trophy winning. I knew you would like that. That's the year I was born. Did you see my trivia right there, my trivia knowledge? Yeah, Frank, bring it. (laughs) uh, College football TV numbers are up. We'll get to that. Rutgers has an opening. Boy, we ran out of news quickly, didn't we? When Rutgers opening is still on the news. So we'll get to all of that news. But the big games this weekend are coming up. Alabama LSU is... The big one, but before we get to that. Does that mean you want to talk about Velveeta shells and cheese, Brandon? I guess I do. You guess Of course you do. I do. Of course Why wouldn't you do. I? So Alabama LSU, 330, which mm-hmm. is a perfect late lunch yep. on Saturday. Yep. You know, you well, wake up. Well, Saturday's you, in the fall. You just eat all day. You do eat all day. You get the bowl, you just yeah. set it right on your lap. Yeah. And you just eat it with this just a massive You say spoon. your lap. I say lay on the couch and set it right on your belly and just, just spoon it in there. Just spoon it in just there. Just spoon it in there. Because it's, it's cheesy. It's creamy. What else is it? Melty. Ah. I'm going to let you say it. 
I can say it this week? Yeah. Look at me, Jack. It's Richie. It's beautifully Richie. It is Richie Velveeta, shells and cheese. And it has that the pool. And we don't talk about that enough. Have like, they got that on the Velveeta box yet, Richie? No, but they need, you know what they need? They need Richie on there, and they need our faces on there. R- you need to send us some shirts of just Richie, Richie Velveeta, shells and cheese. That extra creamy, cheesy goodness mm-hmm. melts like anything else. Oh, it sounds wonderful. It's beautiful. And we always talk about this because we are both kind of lazy. Outside of college football, both kind of lazy. Well, you have kids, so you can't be too lazy. But you don't need any additional ingredients. You don't have to go buy a whole bunch of stuff. You can just make it with the box, and it's so easy and so simple. Why would you just not be eating Velveeta every single day of your life? I think you should. You I can and do. Should. Well, yeah. Well, and so do your kids. Mm-hmm. If I had kids, they'd eat it, but I don't. So You should have kids just to feed them Richie Velveeta shells and cheese. What if I just named my kid Vel- Richie Velveeta shells Velveeta and cheese? shells and cheese you have created <laughs> in your life. Yeah, you've created a monster. But we love Velveeta shells and cheese. Of course, the queso dip. Shout out the South. Every time I go back to the South, every single tailgate has the Velveeta queso dip because it's the best in the game. We love Velveeta so much here, and they love football fans. You know, obviously the contest is over. It's sad. If you didn't enter, that's your loss. But they are sending four fans to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. Basically, if you love football, you love Velveeta. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Richie, Casey, have we got a Richie matchup in Tuscaloosa this weekend? It just sounds so beautiful when you say it. The LSU-Bama game has become the biggest – you can talk about your rivalries. You can talk about your Auburn-Alabama, and it's big every year. You can talk about your Georgia-Auburn. You can talk about your Ohio State-Michigan, and they're all good. They're all good rivalries. But the most important game in the SEC for the last 12 years, I would say, has been LSU and Alabama. It has had the most stakes. It has had the most division titles on the line. It has meant the most, dating back especially to that historic one, 2011, 9-6, which was an absolute slugfest and a war with I don't know, something like 200 NFL players coming out of that game. Just ridiculous talent on that field. They played, they rematched for the title that year, 21-0 Alabama win. But this is the biggest one in a while. It's the biggest SEC game in a while. It's at 3.30 in the afternoon on CBS. We don't want to talk about that. We Boo. already we already did. But Boo, here we CBS. go. We have arrived. And let me just get this off the top. Tua, injury, no injury. That's not even a talking point. Tua will play this weekend. He will play a lot. That That's a non-issue to me because Nick Saban, I don't care if he has to cut off the leg of somebody else and attach it to Tua. Tua's playing this weekend. I was going to say, that's it might not be a story if he's playing or not because he's definitely going to play. The story is is this tightrope procedure. And I, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. It's witch doctor shit. Don't blame him if they can make it work. But you're right. If he couldn't play... He might have Nick Saban's leg. Out I mean, there. if you if you if you took off Tua's sock this Saturday against LSU, you might find RoboCop's leg in there, or you you might find like some springs. Inspector or some, Gadget isn't just, that Go Go Gadget arms and legs? You're going to find some things that you don't think belong on a human being, but he's going to be out there. He's going to be playing. You see some American Horror Story shit so, up in there. Alabama winning or losing, don't bring out Tua as his injury for this because that to me. It's going to happen the way it's going to happen, and Tua is going to play, and he play a lot. It's crazy when you look at it, though, because obviously he had, and it was the little other ankle last year, but it's only been 20 days since his surgery, and we're just like, oh, he's going to play. He's going to play against the second-best team in the country. Some people think the first. I have a question. But that's what it is. At what point does Tua get the tag injury-prone? Because last year, last November. Happened last year. Last year he was, he was gimpy all of November. And he was he was affected. His play was affected in the SEC championship game. They had to be bailed out by Jalen Hurts. Credit to him. So Tua had injury concerns once they started playing good defenses last year. And now this year, 
in November to his gimpy again. So is that a real thing? I think that it is. I, I mean, the whole injury-prone thing is so cliche, too, because it's like sometimes it's different types of injuries or whatever. If it's the same type of injury on both of his only eight, two ankles, you only have two ankles. I don't know if you know that. I have four. Where are your other two? Don't worry about it. That's creepy. It's weird. I don't really like the visual of that. No, no. When you start getting great. like extra body parts, it freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I contributed to my four kids. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. That took me a second to process. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I would say you can say he's injury prone. However, I do think you have to wait to see what happens this weekend because if they do go out and win the line right now at six and a half, then, yeah, he's injury prone, but it's not really doing anything to affect their season for a second season in a row. So, you know, we're not going to break down the X's and O's here. I'm just going to give you my gut feelings here. Okay. LSU is the far more impressive team in 2019. So far, at least, yeah. They've got an offense that came out of nowhere. Joe Brady got hired and unlocked the 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 mystery that was Joe Burrow last year. His stats were just okay. They were just they were good. They were good stats this year. Otherworldly stats. He completed 58 percent of his passes last year. 80 percent this year. 78.9 percent, rounding up a little bit. Uh, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. Joe Burrow is just an absolute beast. Joe Burrow is what we thought Tua was going. No, Joe Burrow is what Tua is. We knew Tua was going to do this. We knew he would have great stats. We didn't know Joe Burrow would be Tua part two. So Joe Burrow coming in this game, that offense coming in this game. LSU has beaten Texas at Texas. They've beaten Florida at home, and they've beaten Auburn at home. So they've got three wins against teams that have been in the top ten this year. They've got a great resume. All that being said, everything about my heart, everything about what I've seen so far says LSU is going to win this game. But my brain says, wait, wait, Brandon, hold up. Look over on that other sideline. Who's between those headsets? The GOAT. Nick Saban is between those heads. Nick Saban just doesn't lose these games. No, he doesn't. And Nick Saban has had two weeks. They've both had two weeks to prepare. I love Ed Orgeron. I love what he's done. But when I've got Nick Saban in a big game at home, I, I want LSU to win. I want fresh blood in the SEC. I like new teams to win. It's more interesting for college football for LSU to win this game and to, to go on. It's more interesting for the entire college football world. But it's Nick Saban. It's Nick Saban. He is the best coach that ever lived in college football. I think Alabama wins. I think Nick Saban figures out a way, and I think they move up. Certainly to number two, but possibly to number one after beating LSU this weekend. I don't – again, I don't root for – I I love Mississippi State. I hate all 13 other teams in the SEC, but I want to root for LSU because, again, they're new. Ed Orgeron's a great story. His redemption, it would build up to this. It would be a magical moment. I just can't go against Nick Saban. So what you're telling me is that your mind is telling you no, but your body is telling you yes? I don't see nothing wrong with that. With a little – bump and grind that's that's true that's that's where your head's at on a thursday that's that's I interesting mean, welcome today's wednesday isn't it excuse well, me well this comes out on a thursday and guess what my mind will probably be there too on bump and grind by r <laughs> kelly r kelly's canceled can i tell you big time canceled. can i tell you that in 1994 i was 15 years old and uh me and two girls were riding with well, our with our with what our, a story no, this wait is. no 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 with our driver's ed instructor we were on our driver's ed class trip and the girls were like, uh, hey, can we turn the radio on, Mrs. Wallace? And she's like, yeah, but it has to be good radio. And I said, okay, it'll be great radio, Mrs. Wallace. And she says, Brandon, turn it up. And I turn it up, and the first, my mind is telling me no. And 
but my uh, body. And the, the teacher just sat there through the whole thing, and it was so weird. 15-year-old Brandon Walker never touched a titty in his life. Got two <laughs> girls singing back there. Got a, a lady over here, a 38-year-old lady, looks like a man, and I'm just driving through traffic like R. Kelly is singing about bumping and grinding, and I've got to drive this car. And only if you knew then how much of a scumbag he was, you wouldn't have cared as much. 15-year-old Brandon Walker wasn't going to give a fuck about that. <laughs> That's a hell of a story. Fifteen year old, yeah, that was that was it. I'm glad I could bring back those memories. Uh, Tell me no, but my body. But I'm also with you. My mind is telling me no. Yeah, my body is telling me yes. I think that LSU is a better story just because of Joe Burrow this year. I I don't think it's going to be by six and a half. I do think it's going to be closer because I I think that's a, a big line for how good LSU has looked. But when you look at just like the draft prospects, by the way, shout out the crossover that we're going to have coming out oh, on yeah. Friday. Surf and Turf podcast, Willie and Stephen Shea. We did some things talking about this game with them, and it'll be out Friday. This is one of those games that you look at if you're a professional football fan and you want to see who's going to be playing on Sundays. It's currently playing on Saturdays. This is the game to look at because when you look at Alabama and you not only look at Tua, but you look at the wide receiver cores they have. There are multiple NFL prospects, and you look at LSU you and you take the defensive side of the ball and that secondary is stacked full of people that will be playing in the NFL. Brent Delpit, Derek Stingley. They're all going to be playing on Sundays very soon, playing at a high level. So what it's going to come down to to me is when Tua has to play these top defenses. We saw it last year. He was he threw more interceptions obviously against top 30 defenses. Fine. Can he continue to have the success against the stacked LSU defense and can LSU's offense exploit Alabama's vulnerable defense I think both of those things can be true I'm still going to ride with Nick Saban but I don't think that it's going to be by six and a half I think it's going to be by three by one by some freak college football player I'm just going to tell you right now I'm just going to be honest we're honest on the show above all else right always unnecessarily nobody on ESPN will tell you this nobody anywhere else will tell you this I want LSU to win the game I I just physically I want LSU to win you know what I see I put myself in an honest place for a second yeah and if you shot truth serum into me I would still say I want Alabama to win, and I love... Why? why? Okay, that's great. Why? I, I think it's because I like Nick Saban so much. I really do. I mean, I, and it's not even just from, like, a personal standpoint of, no. like, oh, I just want Alabama to be the best because that's the chalk answer. I just, my gut... When I like... I love to sit down and watch games, especially college football, that I don't have a rooting interest and just see where my gut tells me to root for. That's the best. Now, obviously, gambling throws a little bit of a, a mix into that because then you're like, well, shit, I know who I want to win. But if I didn't put any money on this game at all, because I think I would still take LSU in the points, I still want Alabama to win. And I don't really have an answer why other than I like Nick Saban. See, I think that's the difference in growing up in Mississippi and growing up in Texas because you didn't have to live in counties in Mississippi where there was a certain population, maybe 20 or 25% of people that couldn't find Tuscaloosa on a map that had never darkened the doors of the University of Alabama, that got their Alabama shirts at Walmart, that work at the local Popeyes and say roll tide to you every time you come in. The fucking Dillons and Austins of the world that couldn't uh, call a 3-4 defense or 4-3 defense, doesn't know anything, but they know roll tide. They know all that shit. They know the bear and all that. That's you didn't, dark place. you didn't grow up with that. No. I grew up with it. And I, and I guess around this country, I've been to Georgia. I've been to Tennessee. Those kind of Alabama fans exist. And I don't know if any other school, like in West Virginia, are there Ohio State fans just creeping around the local Walmart? I don't know if any other school has that element of fan that's out there that just makes me hate with every stitch of my body everything in Tuscaloosa. That's okay. First of all, you're 100% correct. I didn't grow up that way. I didn't. Even further, I didn't grow up an SEC person because I grew up right, and it was in the Big 12. Yeah. So we had our own opinions that, yeah. opinions on that. So you don't even that. know what big-time football is. I mean, I went to a and I don't know what to tell you. you. You just dunked on me when I agree with you. 
They yeah, did that win. was unnecessary. They did win the Big 12 championship in 1998. Shout out there. They did. They beat Kansas State. Did. You know who didn't uh, Texas A&M had Sir Parker? I, I was about to say one of the best football names ever. I loved that game. It's great. Game. Michael Bishop was quarterback for Kansas State. It was a high scoring game. I remember that. It was very exciting. But I was one. Shut up. Shut up, Jack. I mean, I was nine, so it's not like Shut I was up, like Casey. that much older. Um, but <laughs> I, I will. I was nineteen. Yeah, what Barcelona is such a weird, weird world. It is. Um, I, from, I didn't have to grow up in that, and I do fully admit that I liked working with Nick Saban when I did. I also would say, if LSU wins, that's great for us storyline wise. I like Coach O too. I don't really care who wins it. I want it to be a good game. But if I had to pick, I want Alabama to win. But I think LSU will take the points. I I think Alabama's going to win. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be great. You're going to take it. Alabama in the points. I think Alabama's going to win the game. Yeah, I'm taking the points. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to well, win yeah. by six and a half. Yeah. Uh, again, I just and also when I go I, to the betting window and I look at myself, am I comfortable betting on this team, this coach, this? I can't look at Nick Saban's face in my mind's eye and say, nope, I'm not betting on you. I can't do it. You don't get rich betting against Alabama just like you don't get rich betting against the Patriots unless it was like, last week. You know those angels and devils on your shoulder on TV? Yeah. Like if I had Nick Saban on this shoulder saying, go ahead, Brandon, bet against me. I dare you. And on this shoulder, I had Ryan saying, I just wouldn't know what to do. Well, yeah, and also like with with the Nick Saban shoulder, you've also got the witch doctor shit with the tightrope procedure. You're yeah. probably right. Like if you bet against him, and on this Ed he Ogeron might go shoulder, and just like slice your Achilles or something. Probably whiskey dripping down my arm and shit, and Red Bull. Definitely and, gumbo. Yeah. You know what? Now that I think about it, I might have to roll with Alabama. Gumbo minus six is and delicious. Half. It's so good. Gumbo is so good. Beignets. Nah, I don't really get into beignets that much. You just haven't but had a good one. Gumbo and jambalaya. Have you ever you ever covered? You never had to cover high school in your career because you didn't have to come from the ground up like I did. But I actually did. So I covered high school football continue. in Louisiana. I covered high school football in Texas. But go ahead. They have concessions. Uh, they have concession stands in high school football in Louisiana. They have gumbo and jambalaya. They eat so good. They I eat bet like it is that. So this good is not too. just like Thanksgiving and Friday night. They eat like that all the fucking time in Louisiana. I, Louisiana all the time. Eats great. Louisiana. And they party. One of my favorite places because they oh, know yeah. what they are. They're going to eat good. They're going to drink good. Probably going to fuck good. I don't know. Never fucked a Louisiana person. But I can just imagine. <laughs> I can just imagine it's probably pretty good. I mean, you just go to New Orleans, you're literally on a different I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Ed Orgeron can fuck. Definitely, right? I mean, I don't doubt it. I would think so. I've never thought about it. Just, but, I mean. Just a Cajun I, machine. If I had to go to the betting window, I would say yes. And Nick Saban can't fuck. Oh, no, I bet. Um, no, nah, Nick Saban can't fuck. Do you remember? Nick Saban recruits five-star dudes to fuck for him. What? What? Wow. Well, not as. No, that. No, not. That's. Don't take it that far. Wow. That was a shot of Miss Terry. No, it wasn't. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, go. Do you remember watching the Coach O Hummer commercial in, Mes- yes. in Mississippi, like yeah. on your TV? Yeah. I do. It was. Uh, I knew he was going to say yes to that. It was a Have you had um, the. The chicken on a stick at that famous... Uh, well, first of all, that's bullshit. That that city tries to take ownership over gas station chicken on a stick. You get gas station chicken on, on a stick anywhere in Mississippi. Oxford, Mississippi doesn't own that shit. Oxford tries to own every restaurant and all that. It's bullshit. They're fake. They're phony. They're piece of shit people. And also... Uh, you can get... Hold on. I'm started now. 
chicken on a stick. You can get it in Tupelo. You can get it in Jackson. You can get it in Hattiesburg. Oxford trying to own chicken on a stick is fucking bullshit because nobody, no hoity-toity bow-tie-wearing douchebag in Oxford is going to get him a chicken on a stick. He's going to get him some foie gras. Foie gras. I don't know how to say it. He's going to get some fancy-ass dinner, and he's not getting chicken on a stick. Only Ed Orgeron, his country ass, was getting chicken on a stick, and it's delicious. Also, I'd like to mention the elephant in the room is that he's going insane about Ole Miss right now while he's literally wearing an Ole Miss clown suit. Foie gras. Is that right? Say that word. Foie gras. That's not right. No. I was doing what you you did. I don't even know what that is. Wow. Are you being an elitist right now? I mean, you don't know what it is? No, I know what it is. I mean, I just know it from watching the Food Network. I also uh, just can't. I just know I, words like gastrique and, and a reduction from the Food Network and, and foie gras. Oh, man, a balsamic reduction. Thank you. Don't even know what it means, but I know it it's from they, the Food they Network. They, like, reduce things out of it so it's, like, stickier. Oh, really, Casey? A reduction is reducing something? Yeah. Have you ever heard of a boob reduction? They take, make the boobs smaller. Do they really? Foie gras. Foie gras. Foie gras. I'm against anything that reduces the size of boobs unless it's for it's medical like slapping reasons. god in the face name mm. that movie i know you don't know that movie because i've made references to that movie before literally to your face and you didn't know what it was there are other big Steven games Landsberg. that's super bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every you, you have one movie reference and it's always it's super true. bad it's just but it's also just like one of the most quotable comedies of it's all okay. time it's okay. oh get out of here uh, you get out of here get out of here <laughs> But you do look nice in your Ole Miss get-up today. I honor my bets. I know. And I was doing the milkman costume, then I got in a fight, so I was like, well, i got to get out of this milkman costume. So I negotiated my way into, what do I got to do to get out of this? You said Ole Miss, so I'm doing it. And it is a, it's a nice tuxedo shirt. Obviously, oh, I look classy as shit. You do. And from far away, like on the cameras of the college football show, yeah. it looks like you're actually wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, no. It's I've one had, of those like shirts that like can fool some people. I've had multiple women stop me in the hall and say, what's up? What's up, big boy? You look, it's slimming because it's, yeah. it's vertical stripes. Mm-hmm. That's a fashion trick for those out there. Yep. It's also a very comfortable shirt. So that's not the only big game? Sure isn't. The I, governor's victory bell brand. That's ridiculous. Penn State and Minnesota have a trophy together. Only Everybody in the Big Ten has a trophy. Everybody. They, they got an axe. They got a bucket. They got a hog. They got hog balls. They got everything. <laughs> they got everything. And there's, the, there's Paul Bunyan's axe, right? Somebody's like got the one. old oaken bucket, right? Then there's this, the Governor's Victory Bell. So, fun fact about this Governor's Victory Bell, I'm pretty sure they've only ever played 14 times. and they haven't How do you have a trophy you only played 14 times? Because they did the realignment. Penn State hasn't even been in the Big Ten that long. So the last time they played this Governor's Victory Bell, which is just an astronomically too long of a name for this, it was 2016. Penn State won it. We're talking about Penn State, Minnesota here. We haven't cleared that up. Penn oh, State, yeah. Minnesota. Oh, for those out there, <laughs> All right. the Governor's Victory Bell, Penn State, Minnesota. Number four, Penn State going to Minnesota to play number 17, Minnesota. Yes. So the last time Minnesota won this said bell was in 2013. And they broke it right away, which tells you that this trophy game is not that big of a deal because if you're manhandling the trophy to where you break it, you're just happy to have a trophy to show off. You don't actually give a shit about it. Listen to this real quick. This is a side road, but I, I like to go down side roads, I mean, don't that's you? that's what we do here on Unnecessary What's better than driving Body around in like high school? Body like a back road. Are you really? That's a country song. Sam Hunt. So hot. Is he hot? Oh, my. He I don't listen also, to Also, former NFL quarterback. I don't listen to any country uh, well, saying recorded in, after 2004. He got invited to NFL. This is just a list of Big Ten cha- trophies, okay? The Land of Lincoln trophy. You know who plays for that? A little quick trivia here. Nebraska? Nope. nope. 
Oh, well, that's stupid. Land of Lincoln, not – yeah. Oh. I, uh, Illinois Northwestern. Illinois plays for three trophies themselves. They also play for the Illy Buck, Illy Buck. And the Land Grant. And then they play for the Purdue Cannon against Purdue. That seems unfair to Purdue that Illinois can win their cannon. Indiana-Michigan State played for the Old Brass Spittoon. I love that one. Indiana-Purdue plays for the Old Oaken Bucket, <laughs> which is the oldest. I like the way you say bucket. Old Oaken Bucket. Bucket. I, I put a lot on the K. Bucket. People love the way I say fuck because I always put a lot on the CK. I'm, I'm a big CK guy. Uh, Iowa-Minnesota for the Floyd of Rosedale. That's, that's the pig I was talking about. Uh, Iowa-Nebraska plays for the Heroes Trophy. Nothing there, okay. <laughs> Iowa, Wisconsin for the Heartland Trophy. Yeah, that game. They'll be playing too. this weekend. That's a big game. Uh, the Land Grant Trophy, Michigan State, Penn State. The Paul Bunyan Trophy, Michigan, Michigan State. The Little Brown Jug, Michigan, Minnesota. They've been playing for that since. I don't think I would want to win a game called the Little Brown. Eighteen ninety-two. Uh, the the Minnesota Nebraska has the best one. It's called the Five Dollar Bits of Broken Chair Trophy. Do you know the story behind that? I would imagine there was a broken chair involved. And no, it, it was made five bits. No, it was made up by Reddit and a you know the the Twitter account Faux Polini. Yeah, one of the best Is that real? accounts ever. Yeah, they made that up. They don't even recognize it. It's okay. fake. That's not even a, it's Minnesota. Oh, that's just a, it's on Wikipedia. So, so somebody, yeah, somebody yeah. added it. Fake, yeah. fake Bo Polini went and added it. But it, it was the, all of the efforts that went into it. Like it raised money for pediatric healthcare. So it was oh, for a good cause. Nice. Big Ten will do some fucked up shit and always give it to kids. Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten will <laughs> hate people. Big Ten teams will hate each other and will gouge each other's eyes out. And then at the end of the game, they'll they'll give a check to some children's hospital, which is great. It's awesome. But they always turn it into somebody's – the kids are getting paid. Whatever happens in the Big Ten, somebody's getting some money. But last ones, Governor's Victory Bell, Minnesota, Penn State. Paul Bunyan's Axe, Minnesota, Wisconsin, which I was at Wisconsin in their locker room earlier this year. I saw the trophy case, but I did not see the trophy. You know why? Somewhere in Minnesota. Yeah, they lost for the first time they in 14 years. They had a big years. case for it, and it said Paul Bunyan's Axe and just an empty hook. It was oh, very that's sad. sad. That's a sad sight. Nebraska-Wisconsin played for the Freedom Trophy. Too many trophies, in my it's opinion. It's a lot of trophies. But they do exist for a reason. That's, un, that's unbelievable. That's Penn a lot. State, Minnesota. And Boy, then, and throw then, out the records when Penn State, Minnesota get together. Brandon, you know what else sounds like a Big Ten trophy name? Hmm, what is that? The Lawnmower 2.0. Oh, does it ever. Do you know what the Lawnmower 2.0 is? I, I got sent one of these. You did? Yes. From Manscaped. Manscaping. Because they love unnecessary roughness. They do. They absolutely do. And Manscaped is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Mm -hmm. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Have you ever groomed your pride and joy? Are we going <laughs> to... Well, are we getting too close on this podcast? I mean, Walker? I mean, it's certainly been an interesting podcast, but I, uh, I think I can find a use around the house for the lawnmower 2.0. Well, yeah, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with the Perfect Package 2.0. Because inside that Perfect Package, you'll find that electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 2.0. It's waterproof, it's skin safe, and it'll protect you from nicking anything you don't want nicked. No, Brandon. no, you got to be careful about nicking. You have to be very careful about nicking, and let's not forget they also have a preserver too. Nothing so. worse than an accidental nicking. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, this is, I didn't want to know about these things. No, it's, so. a, it's a wonderful product. But here we are. But you know what? It's time to get clean with the Perfect Package 2.0, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WALKER. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got my own code. You got your own code. For Manscaped. You got your own code for Hell Manscaped. Hell yeah, WALKER. Manscaped.com. It's always the right tools for the job. And you know what Manscaped wants me to tell you, Brandon? What? Your balls will thank you. Joe. <laughs>
<laughs> get 20% off and free shipping with the code Walker at manscaped.com. That's 20% with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code Walker. You will not regret it. The guys around the office has been raging, raving about it. They've got them just being sent to everybody. So just join the revolution. Can't wait to make my balls happy. <laughs> Minnesota, their best season since literally the 40s. 1941. You know what? Literally the 40s. You know what's interesting about 1941? Minnesota was crowned the AP national champion, but two loss Alabama decided to claim a national title despite being ranked 20th in the AP at the end of the season and despite losing the SEC to Mississippi State, who won the SEC championship and only lost one game. Alabama, with two losses, claimed a national title that belonged to Minnesota. I hate when schools do that. Also, AM on the side of Kyle Field has two made up national championships. It's just so stupid. I have, for so long on this show, for like 11 weeks, I have stifled my Alabama hate. Do y'all feel it just falling out of oh, me I right now? I feel the hate just It is falling out of, out of me like a diarrhea that you've been trying to keep in for hours. Oklahoma State has the out. worst one. They took it from the troops. Did they? Yeah. That stinks. Oh, well, they hate the troops there. And by the way, please never say diarrhea again. This show is a lot of weird things. Well, I don't like li- We had an R. Kelly song. You sang a country song. And then I mentioned... Uh, yeah. Anyway. All in college football. Penn State, Minnesota. Penn though. State, Minnesota this PJ weekend. PJ Fleck, we talked about him on Sign Sunday. Sign that extension. So if Get he, that money, PJ. Get that money. If he decides to leave, because obviously his name came up in the Florida State opening, if he decides to leave, he has to pay them $10 million, which is crazy. Yeah, he, he, ain't he ain't leaving. He ain't leaving. He ain't leaving. He ain't leaving. He, he's building something. Credit to him. He's 8-0 right now. Uh, I like to see a coach do that. He's betting on himself that he's going to get something built at Minnesota. He's already ahead of the game right now. I told you in the offseason, Minnesota, watch out for them. They're going to be good. I jumped off the bandwagon. You back I'm, on it. I'm not really back on it. You're, you're, you're kind of just like dragging behind it like the Sooner Scooter. I'm just I'm walking alongside the bandwagon like, y'all see that empty empty chair? That's my chair. Now, if I decide to get it's back reserved. on there. Yeah, that's my chair. I was originally on there. I was sitting there. So nobody take my chair, but I'm walking beside the bandwagon. You're running, you're running beside but it right this now. But this is, this is you know, lay your, lay your cards on the table, Minnesota. Lay your dick on the table and see how big it is because you've got Penn State coming in. We know they're good. They got the win over Michigan. They've been really good on the eye test this year. Penn State has a lot to play for. They got Ohio State coming up in a couple of weeks. But Minnesota, this was is the biggest game, prob, probably the biggest college football game ever held in the state of Minnesota because I'm guessing in 1941 wasn't that big of a deal, not like it is now. Biggest college football game in the history of, of the state of Minnesota happens this weekend. So what you got? Personally, I think Penn State walks in there and just molly wops Minnesota. But Minnesota fans that are listening, Deke, if you're listening, show me what you got. Because you can change the entire narrative this weekend. Everybody's dismissing you because you've played eight bad teams. you played a ton of backup quarterbacks. You've put nothing out there to make you think this team was legit. Well, thing about college football is opportunity is always around the corner, and opportunity has arrived at Minnesota. What do you got? And you're absolutely right that they can do a 180-degree narrative change. I hate using the word narrative, but that's what this is, after this weekend. But I agree with you. I think Penn State's a better football team. I understand that you know they, they got close to losing to Michigan, and everybody looked at that and was like, well, Michigan kind of sinks. Well, Michigan turned it around. Whatever, Michigan's not bad. Whatever happened at halftime of the Penn State-Michigan game yeah. and what Shea Patterson's able to do, all those things, we, can, we talked about that ad nauseum, but – Penn State is the better football team. James Franklin is the better coach thus far, in my opinion. Obviously, P.J. Fleck is is getting up there in this, but James Franklin, great coach. I just don't think that Minnesota at 8-0 and has 
anything to do with Penn State at 8-0. Like, they, they're, you separate them. It's like you can kind of just decide between the two. I like Sean Clifford. They're all saying they're living the dream. Just everything that Penn State's doing makes me feel like they are a real team. Now, are they a real number four? I don't know that yet. It's all going to shake out. Here's, what, here's the but, interesting part for Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't have to win the game. They, they just have to – if Minnesota loses by three – they're going to move up next week. If Minnesota loses by three, they're going to go from number 17 to number 12. They're going to be a one-loss team. But if Minnesota loses by 30, mm-hmm. you're probably not getting the nation's attention again this year. No, it, if it's a close game and if it's like a, even just respectable. And if you couple, win, if you win. Oh, if you win. I mean, all bets are off. All of a sudden, you are the – you are the West favorite in the, in the Big Ten. You're probably going to play for the Big Ten championship, and you have eliminated Penn State from playoff contention because they still got to go to Ohio State. So if you win Minnesota, my God, you have arrived. But if you just if they just play close, that's a huge deal for this program. We don't believe in moral victories here on Unnecessary Roughness. We've never had that conversation. I believe in moral victories. Do you? Depends on the program. Well, let me tell you something. I grew up in – I'm a Mississippi State fan. I've had a lot of moral victories in my life. Uh, I don't I maybe I'm just like scarred from it. I don't I there are obviously respectable losses, mm. but I don't call them moral victories. Okay. Well, you know, respect it's like okay, that was respectable, but it's still a loss. Keep There's going, no make victory. your point. I'm sorry. Minnesota is one of those exceptions to me because they if they play this game close, obviously it's a the early game. So by 2:33 o'clock in Minnesota, you will know how legit this team actually is. If they go out and get their doors blown off, then Minnesota's storyline completely dies. If they keep it close, people will still talk about PJ Fleck. They'll still talk about the talent at Minnesota. You know, you'll still be talking about Tanner Morgan. Whatever, all these different things. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Penn State's that much better. Yeah, I, I, I do. I. This, just, it's not really any point to really go in. I mean, I think Penn State's going to win. Yeah, you'll hear my college football payoff with Marty in a minute. I got my pick, but uh, in fact, let's uh, let's do that now. So, we're, me and Casey are talking about these games. We're breaking them down, but let's bring in Marty Mush, the uh, somebody who's been doing very well college football gambling this year. Six games over five hundred. We're talking about making money here on the show. It's the college football payoff. That music means one thing. We're bringing in my uh, my good friend, my gambling buddy, the. Gambling star of Barstool, the star of Making a Gambler with John Feidelberg. His name is Marty Mush. What a, what a fucking intro that was. It was a great intro. That was crazy. That was really nice. I didn't mean to do that. Nice thing you've ever said about it. That's Marty Mush. How we doing? Doing good. We skipped last week. Had some real life things come up. Yep. Didn't have, uh, didn't have it last week. People missed it. People were like tweeting at me, hey, where's the college football payoff? Where is it? Well, I'm sorry. Just some real life things, but we're back. Jack, you got the records for me? Of course. Mush comes into this week. 33-27-1. and one. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's, that's pretty good. That's making money. Brandon comes into this week 32-32. and 32. I mean, just that's... 32 and 32 is this. It ain't losing money. you strive for. It ain't losing money. So... Can I start really fast? Please. I really want to say this pick. UCF minus 17 against 2-7 and seven Tulsa. UCF minus 7. I like it. Minus 17. 17, yeah. I don't mind that. You're getting on the USC. We kind of gave up on UCF, but they're seven and two, so they're right there. I love that pick. I know it's a good pick. It's an so aggressive pick to start off. How do you get off my chest? Tulsa is the greatest two and seventeen ever. <laughs> can you get me a Can you get me a line on uh, Tennessee Kentucky? Yeah, it's Tennessee minus one. Tennessee minus one. It came out Kentucky minus two, I believe. And betters have driven it the right direction. Tennessee is a bad football team that's becoming a decent football team. Kentucky's just a bad football team. I know Kentucky's at home, but Tennessee is better. Tennessee's run defense is good. Kentucky has a wide receiver playing quarterback. Tennessee all day, every day. Tennessee minus one over Kentucky 
Easy pick for number one. I'll give you that. You've been right about Kentucky all year. I have. And pick number two, we're snaking this bitch. Pick number two is in Minnesota, the biggest game in the history of college football in the state of Minnesota. They welcome Penn State, and they're going to watch Penn State rip Minnesota's titties apart. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Penn State minus seven over Minnesota. You haven't played a top 30 team yet. You haven't, you've barely played any starting quarterbacks, and Penn State's coming in. They have a lot to prove still because they're up in that mix for the playoff. They're about to rip Minnesota apart. Minus seven, Penn State. This pick is from the Raven. From you know, oh, the, the Raven. Raven the Raven's you. back in the business. Yeah. Well, this isn't. I'm not giving out his other three because okay. he told me not to. Okay, but you can give out you, this one because this is real life shit. It's 43 and a half. Ohio State thinks it's the one of the easiest lines he's ever seen. Over Maryland. Yeah. Ohio I State. Like, that's not a very hard pick. That yeah. seems like the most normal pick anyone's going to take. That's why I, I trust the Raven. Though. Well, Ohio State has been destroying everybody. Maryland has been getting destroyed by everybody. That makes a lot of sense. And Ohio State wants to up, always one-up Michigan. And Michigan like beat them by, what, 28? And they're also uh, – Ohio State is number one in the college fo- football playoff based on eye tests, and they want to continue that going. Red bandana game, if you're not – I mean, if you're American, you take this game. All right, Boston go ahead. College minus two. Again. You've been First, building up to this all year. Been waiting for this say this pick in so long. You don't want to be just just be American and take the pick. They always they cover for this, and it, and I actually like them in this game. Besides that, well, I love America. I love the troops. I don't love Boston College. My third pick is Florida State money line. Florida Silent. State, I think, has talent, and Willie Taggart has been a drag on that program. I think with him out of the way, interim coach is going to get him motivated. I think Florida State wins. This is sad. Another money line. Sorry. I, I, red bandana I, game. I hate, I hate to, I, what does that even mean? What is the red bandana? You never game? heard about it. I've heard about it, but what is it? Where Refresh the guy my memory. Like, what, like saved like that's twenty right. people that's right. in the nine yeah. eleven. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, he wore a red bandana. And he played. I think lacrosse at Boston that College. Is, that is awesome. It's a great and story. And they beat Florida State in the red bandana game two years ago. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Good for them. TCU is about to end it. Baylor. I'm worried about the interim head coach. I'm very worried about it, but I can't go back on my pick now. Okay, go. So, <laughs> all right. You know what? You're right. You say you're right. Yeah, I'm striking I, that. Okay, I'm yeah, striking that. That's allowed. Hundred percent allowed. I am striking that. He didn't remember exactly what the red band. So let me was. replace that with one that I wanted to do anyway. I know that everything on paper tells you LSU Bama this year should go over sixty four. I know that LSU's offense is better. I know that Tua is great. I know that both defenses haven't been that great. However, in this atmosphere with Dave Aranda, with Nick Saban, the number one game of the season, this is not going to be a 35-34 game. It's going to stay lower than 64, under 64 for LSU-Bama. Love How about it. that? I like that pick a lot. And TCU ends it for Baylor this weekend. Baylor's just been skating by. They beat West Virginia 17-14 on a very – poorly played Thursday night game. Well, it ends this weekend. TCU hates Baylor. I mean, this is a rivalry that doesn't get a lot of publicity. They hate them. TCU money line over Baylor. That seems like the trap pick take Baylor there, so I like that pick. Okay, good. Um, Georgia Southern minus three against Troy. All right. That is Georgia Southern just beat App State. Yes. And again, well-rounded football team. Yeah. Love Georgia Southern. And my last pick, I just had it. Notre Dame minus eight against Duke. Notre Dame just needs to have a great game. You're going against your Blue Devils here. I am. I mean, Duke has been very spotty this year, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame just needs a fuck you game because they're not very good. Last pick for me, Georgia. Georgia has been up and down. They haven't beaten down anybody. Missouri, Kelly Bryant 
very well may not play. I think he might have even been ruled out in the last hour or two. I don't know. But he's questionable at the very best. I don't care if he plays or not. Georgia's better. Georgia minus 16.5 over Missouri at home. My picks, Tennessee minus one over Kentucky, Penn State minus seven over Minnesota, LSU-Bama under 64, TCU money line against Baylor, Georgia minus 16.5 over Missouri. This guy's picks right here, he's got Boston College minus two in the red bandana game, he's got Notre Dame minus eight against Duke, he's got, that's all I had. UCF he's got minus UCF 17. minus 17, he's got Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern over Troy, Ohio State. and Ohio State minus 43.5 over Maryland. Sir? Good times. Get some new titties and let's do it. I'm Brandon Walker. That's Marty Mush. That was college football payoff. So those are the big games. Penn State, Minnesota, uh, Alabama, LSU. But the schedule is pretty right with interesting games. Iowa State, Oklahoma. I think it's a big one for Oklahoma. They're favored by 14 at home at night. But Iowa State's one of those teams. I don't think they've lived up to expectations, but they're still talented. They're still good, I think. To me, it's a big deal for, for Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma to get up off the mat. I know you lost a couple of weeks ago to Kansas State. Uh, you're coming in. It's at night. Oklahoma probably pissed off that they're behind Utah and Oregon, I would assume. And pissed off they lost. I definitely think Oklahoma's going to handle Iowa State here. I think they're going to make a statement. I think they're going to come out and just beat the piss out of Iowa State and really say, committee, we're Oklahoma. What are you thinking? Yeah, oh, Iowa State, 5-3. and three. They lost the three games – all by a touchdown or less. So obviously they lost to Iowa by one. They lost to Baylor by two, I believe. And Oklahoma State by like, not by much, like four or five, maybe. Yeah. So it's not like they've been getting embarrassed. Now the three losses, obviously, not great. I, I think you know Brock Purdy having a decent season. Iowa State's defense not terrible, but you're absolutely right. When it, when you look at Oklahoma and you look at what happened to them against Kansas State. Everything Jalen Hurts has been saying, all the media coming out and being like, oh, would you rather win than lose? Like, all this ridiculousness. Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts, all of the weapons that he has, they are going to come in and they are going to play with a vengeance because of everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks. And while Iowa State is not a bad football team by any stretch of the imagination, when you just put the talent on Oklahoma's roster versus the talent on Ohio State's ro- Iowa State's roster, it's definitely OU and they have something to prove. Yeah, I think they do too. I don't, it's not even I'm not making any Jalen Hurts jokes this week. I think he he needs to come you. he needs You're to come evolving. out he needs to come out and grab this team and grab this opportunity and he needs to put up big numbers and lead this team to a blowout win and that sets the stage for a November where he's going to go into Baylor and he's going to go into Oklahoma State and he's going to need to win those games. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity for Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I think he's on the Heisman outside looking in now. If he just keeps if he puts up big numbers, depending yeah. on what el- what else happens he with can, the rest can, of them. He can go from the window to the door and possibly open the door back He'll up. He'll be in New York. I mean I Potentially, yeah. I mean certainly I I think so. I just think he's gone from front runner to third or fourth in the pecking order. Uh but if he writes this ship and then has a big week against Baylor in a big spot in a couple of weeks, he gets right back in the mix. And so, Iowa Iowa State has a, a capable front seven, but you're also talking about a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that is obviously even more capable than that, I think Oklahoma takes care of business. Missouri, Georgia, I mean, there's nothing there. Kelly Bryant might not play. Also, even if he does, Missouri's kind of trash. So, as of right now, we're recording this on a Wednesday, the latest I saw was that Barry Odom said if the game was being played right now, Kelly Bryant would not be playing, so that does not bode well for him. I think they said like 75%. I understand he's probably going to end up playing, but if you're sitting middle of the week and your head coach is saying your starting quarterback wouldn't be playing if the game was played at this moment, not great for him. I don't even think it matters. I don't think it does either. I think it's like splitting hairs. Like, are they going to lose by 40 or are they going to lose by 25? Georgia minus 17. I think this is the week Georgia finally makes a statement. Uh, They've they've played a couple tough games, tough teams. 
teams, Florida, that was a war, Notre Dame, obviously, and then they have the embarrassment of South Carolina. But I think the committee paid Georgia a lot of respect. They're at six. They're the highest-ranked one-loss team, which I think they deserve. They beat, again, Florida and Notre Dame. So Georgia is about to turn the switch on. Georgia is going to be heard from in this college football playoff. I, I just feel it in my bones. Iowa-Wisconsin – Here's a take on the this. Heartland Trophy, another this trophy in the Big could, Ten. This could be the Big Ten West Championship game. Yeah. Because Minnesota, who has no losses right now, they could lose to Penn State, and they play both of these teams later. They could lose all three of those games. Could win them? I don't know. But this could be the Big Ten West Championship game. Wisconsin just kind of laying there at number 13. Iowa at number 18. It's going to be ugly football. It's, you know, it's at the same time as LSU-Alabama. So I guess the parents will watch it. I don't know. Be a good bathroom break game, maybe a you good commercial game. Watch it on game. like a second or third screen, maybe. Oh, excuse me, money banks. Oh uh, no, I, I mean Barstool Sports has like seventeen. That's so. true. That's true. You so know. if you're here, yeah. and you can watch, we have six screens there in the one spot. Technically seven because they pull out the TV. Oh, they pull out the extra. Yeah. Excuse me. I don't really have anything interesting to say. I think Wisconsin wins. I think it's an ugly, low-scoring game, but Iowa can't score. So I, which we we hammered this out on the college football show. Shout out 10 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, Nate Stanley leads the Big Ten in passing. Which is very weird. And they Passing yards. He's got the most passing yards in the Big Ten. Jack, I said that, and they were like, that can't be true. I was like, look it up. And I just like sat there. I knew I had read that today. I was like, read it. It is crazy. They cannot score. He leads in passing yards. Isn't that weird? That is crazy. They can't run the ball. They can't score. I believe you. No, I know, but I'm just saying, look it up just so you can. Your face is exactly the face on it. Nate Stanley of Iowa leads the Big Ten in passing yards? It's crazy. They can't score touchdowns. It is weird. Did he have... Like some game against Northern well, Iowa. The games, at he, the games Iowa. he struggled against, like Michigan, he threw uh, three interceptions. They only scored three points, but he threw for 260 yards. Like he's throwing for yards. He's just, just not, not throwing scoring. for points. <laughs> he's just not throwing for touchdowns. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Iowa, very good against the run a lot of the time this season. Obviously, that's Wisconsin's bread and butter. Can I just be honest right here? Can I just be honest? No. Please? No. Yeah, be honest. I don't want to talk about Iowa football. I don't, what's, don't the, talk about what's the point? It's oh, like, I thought you were going to roast me. No, it's like like if a group of if it's like a group of women came in here, that's like talking about the ugly one. What's the point? I'm okay with that analogy. Yeah. Can I say one more thing and then we can move on? Yeah. Hammer the under in this game. Hammer yeah, the under. Don't even look at the numbers. 38, but who gives a shit? These because, can't score. because my other fun fact that I looked up, Jack, the under is hit five times in the last five Wisconsin games. The under is hit six times in the last seven Iowa games. You, if you don't hand, hammer the under, you're a dumbass. Who's Texas A&M play this weekend? They have a bye. Didn't they just have a bye? No, they played UTSA, so yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess they did. Boy, you got to get a rest after that meat grinder of a game. At halftime, they were only up 21-7. to 7. I don't want to talk about it. It's These stats are crazy. I know. I think Stanley's stats I, are crazy. I, they don't listen, score points. When I saw it, when I was prepping for the college football show, I made sure I read it a million like times. The big, the big ten, the big ten quarterback leaders. I think Justin Fields in yardage is like is sixth, what, sixth, sixth. And if you compare Justin Fields' stats to Sean Clifford's, they're not that much different. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Uh, and I know that Justin Fields isn't all of Ohio State, but geez, I would have. I. It's just. So Nate Crazy. Has, Tanner uh, Morgan has more passing yards than Justin Fields. Nate Stanley has 1,950 yards. Sean Clifford, 1,931. Shea Patterson is third. Like I, I would have thought Justin Fields was leading in everything, but he does have the 24 touchdowns, one interception. That's, that's where, when you actually are looking at the stats that oh, really yeah. matter, that's it. But we were talking about how Iowa, no offense, we don't want to talk about it, but Iowa doesn't can't score. 
but their quarterback leads the conference in passing yards. That is crazy. Just, that's a crazy stat in, in college football. All right, we can move on from that game yeah, since we it can. upsets I'm, you. I'm looking up uh, Justin Fields' rushing numbers. Um, just I, I just want to know. Like, it's not important. I just want to know. Like, he hasn't even – Justin Fields' numbers aren't that good. Yeah, I don't think he can win the Heisman. Just by looking at the numbers now? Yeah, I don't think the, – the numbers aren't there for him. Did, like, I, un, did I uncover a new A little bit. Theory? You know, well, he I, only has 300 yards rushing. I know. I, his numbers aren't that good. It's crazy. Like, you compare them to Lamar Jackson play, at this point during oh his Heisman man. season? Or, I know it's or like, Johnny. He doesn't play the second half. Or he doesn't have to. Does that he is, really not? Thing, does he really not? No, I mean, they don't have to. Well, They're just killing teams. Yeah, see. but they've been throwing him out there. I'm going to so, look at uh, some of the games you guys so can So, attempts. He's not in the top. Well, he's sixth in attempts, in, in passing attempts. He's yeah. got 186. So, he's right there. I don't know. Crazy numbers in the crazy Big Ten. Numbers. Y'all got a crazy conference up Let, there. Let's see how it's many. crazy up in here. All right. We're getting we're getting bogged down on semantics. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about Justin Fields' numbers? He's a great quarterback, and he's doing great. He'll be in New York. He's I mean, his, team. This, there's I don't know only will. Justin I, Fields will be in New York. No, I don't think so, because I think. If they go to the playoff. I, can I talk? Yeah, go ahead. I think Chase Young is taking his Heisman spot. Ooh. I think Chase Young is going to be in New York. I think Chase Young is the player from Ohio State that is Ooh. about to get the Heisman buzz. Do you That's agree with that? Take. I think they could both be there. Yeah, and I, I think, think they could both be there. And more importantly, I think the – They were both on the same side of the ball, I'd agree with you, because they are on opposite sides, I think they could both The be Ohio there. State media seems to be fully behind Chase Young over yeah, Justin Fields. The, the Midwest media seems to be organizing right now, which is how they stole the Heisman for Charles Woodson in 97 from Peyton Manning, who Those deserved it. bastards. Yeah, well, that's just ridiculous. Peyton Manning was the best player in college football that year, and they gave it to a defensive player. And the next year, Georgia, Champ Bailey had much better defensive numbers than Charles Woodson had. Charles Woodson, great player. Hall of Famer. Don't great player. Not taking anything away from Didn't him. deserve the Heisman Trophy. Peyton Manning should have. Yep. Let's, news, quick news. Florida State is open. Florida State, Willie Taggart is out. Do you guys, I have decided who I think is going to get that job. Go ahead. I think they're going to swing for Bob, but they're going to get Mark. They're going to swing for Bob Stoops. They're going to get Mark Stoops. And you guys laugh. Mark Stoops was former defensive coordinator at Florida State, has been at Florida State before, has ties there. He has – I think he's overrated. I don't think he's a very good coach. He has one year at Kentucky where everything fell right for him. He won 10 games. That's great. Outside of that, he's been decidedly below average. But I think they're going to end up hiring Mark Stoops. I really do. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy. I mean, I wouldn't have thought about that. I know, obviously, anytime a job comes open, like Bob Stoops' name pops in my head just because he's still a very good coach. I just don't know about if you are Mark Stoops, and I know he has the history there, but if you're Mark Stoops and you are underperforming at Kentucky, because to be honest, that's what's happening. Yeah, but I don't think anybody thinks he's underperforming at Kentucky. He's having a bad year this year. He had the quarterback deal. Yeah. But I, I think people think he's performing better than he is. Do you want to go to the ACC? When you know that that program and that conference right now is just garbage. Oh, yeah. For then, that money? Yeah, then there you go. Well, you'd be the number one coach in the school. Right yeah, now, yeah, he's right number now two. He's, he's, and he gets number two money. Right now, people are just sitting sitting at his games, checking their phone for Wildcat basketball scores yeah. or Wildcat basketball recruiting updates. Yeah, and countdown. Point. Yeah, countdown to how many days until co- uh, yeah. Kentucky yeah. basketball comes back. I know that there was the report that Lane Kiffin said he was interested in the job, no shit. And then, obviously, Lane Kiffin comes out and is like, no, I'm staying at FAU. And he says it for the recruiting thing and whatever else. His name just makes so much sense for that job. You know, he he's had his history at coaching a Power Five school. This makes too much sense to me, which means it's probably not going to happen. But if I had to, to pick right now, I would say Lane Kiffin. I've I've walked on. It's an outside the box pick. No, it's not. 
It's very inside the oh, box. Oh, well, yeah. Lenny Kiffin is definitely inside the box. That was a good one. That was a good one. I think, I, I think was Stoops. Because like of, you know, sex. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think Stoops. You think Bob Stoops? Uh, no, Mark. You Mr. agree with me? Yeah, I think he'll probably end up. So if, I thought I was being unique. With no, I I laughed because it was just funny, the visual of them. Oh, you're going for Bob. It's like you're going for the hot sister, and then yeah. you're like, oh, I get the ugly one. Yeah. Not ugly one, but not as not as, not as attractive. You're, you're not getting like I mean, this. I've been there. I've been there. You gone for the hot sister? Oh, I have. I one. have swung and missed and oh, settled for swung and missed. Settled for old, old mustache. Um, Yikes! Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Um, PJ Flat gets his extension. Blah blah blah. Hey, you know who's going to be at the uh, LSU Alabama game? Donald Trump. If there's a stadium in this country that Donald Trump doesn't have to worry about getting booed at, now Madison Square Garden the other night, I think he was more cheered than booed. At the Nationals game, he was booed. I. We might have to stop the game for the standing ovation that happens in Tuscaloosa. You absolutely will. There I, might be more MAGA hats than Crimson Tide hats in that. There are, there are going to be Alabama men there that are going to be in the presence of Nick Saban and Donald Trump. They might just explode. They might just blow oh, up. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I think I've told this story before when I was working for ESPN. I guarantee you. I, I got a funny. Yeah. I got. A, I guarantee you somewhere in Alabama right now, there's a living room wall with a picture of Nick Saban and a picture of Donald Trump. There's more than one. I guarantee and, you. And they, like, I, I've said this, like, where I, people would come to the TV truck and bring their kids and they would want to introduce their kids to me, not because of who I worked for. Because you met Nick Saban? Literally, they would say, this is the girl that interviewed Nick Saban at halftime. I'm not kidding. That is an actual story that happened. It only ever happened in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. These people just want to breathe the same air as Nick Saban. So now you're telling them that they're going to get to breathe the same air as Nick Saban and the President of the United oh, States? Yeah. They, got, they get lightheaded. Oh, yeah. Their hankies are going to come out. I, but y'all, y'all just don't know what Donald Trump is, is, the effect he's had in the South. Now, I don't get political ever. I yeah, vote I mean, we're, for, not, we're not talking about politics. Right, we're not I, talking I, about I, left, right, I vote right, for whatever. a party. That's my business. But <laughs> my uncle who I don't think can read. My uncle, who's never watched anything but cooking shows about these, and I'm talking about weird cooking shows where you cook squirrel and shit. My uncle, when I go to his his house now to get the squirrel stew and to talk about hunting. You don't eat that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Totally don't eat that. My bad. Uh, I'm just picturing the fucking squirrels that run around New York City and how gross they are. All right. Well, I'm just telling you, if you cook anything long enough, you, if you broil anything long enough and break it down in some stew, it I, becomes good. I just got, like, acid reflux. You talking about that. We can go. We, you can come to Truman Creek Road with me. We can go to Uncle Donnie's. I love that his name is Donnie. Yeah, it's Uncle Donnie. I go to Uncle Donnie's. Fox News is on every TV. And I walked in. I, I told him I got hired at Barstool Sports. And, and he goes, what's Barstool Sports? And I say, well, it's this, it's that, and it's this. And he said, well, I don't know what it is, but congratulations. I said, well, here, I'll Google it. And I Googled, and the image I got, the clip I got was Dave on Tucker Carlson. And, and I turned, I said, it's, it's this guy. And he said, oh, him. Oh, yeah, I love him. You're going to do great up there. It's nothing. Donald Trump has just changed the entire political thing, and they worship him. When we went to Clemson and Dave and I were walking into the stadium, a couple stopped him and said, we love you on Tucker Carlson. Had no idea what Barstool was, had no idea what pizza reviews were. They just knew him from Tucker Carlson. So it's crazy. College football TV numbers are up. You just wrote down some news items for me, Jack. Thank you. Apparently this season CBS games are up 25%. I have a theory on why. Fox games are up 19%. ABC games are up 3%. ESPN games are up 3%. And NBC, which exclusively broadcasts Notre Dame, 
is down 35%, (laughs) which is hilarious. (laughs) That's actually very funny. I wrote LOL on that sheet. Yeah, that's very funny. Um, I think it's because the NFL has been a bad product across the board. Now, you talk about the Patriots, you talk about the top teams, that's different. But there are a lot of times when you turn on NFL games, and if you don't have an investment in a team and you're not betting, they're hard to watch. They're hard to watch. I think it's because we've got some um, some some big name programs that are kind of resurrected, uh, like Penn State being what it is now. Uh, I think LSU being what it is now. I think the there's numbers more parody maybe a little more parity. Like there's a lot more intrigue in the SEC, for instance, this year than has been in a while. Like LSU and Alabama are the big story. Georgia's laying right there. Florida's been like the big programs in the SEC. That the five biggest programs are the five best teams this year. So yeah. it's not like Mississippi State and Ole Miss are up there being televised every week on CBS. It's the big names. So Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State are the big names in the Big Ten. Well, that just happens to be the Three teams are on primetime most. So I, I think it's that. And college football is just it's just a good product. It's just better. Rutgers opening, you wrote down Butch Jones and Greg Schiano, but Greg Schiano looks like he's getting that job, right? Oh, my God. If Butch Jones got that job, that would be so incredible. Funny. That's why I wrote down Butch Jones. Uh, he has, I guess, been reported that he will be interviewed. I guess Schiano, Schiano man, went into Rutgers today, and they may have had a little behind-the-scenes Handshake agreement before the season. Oh, sneaky. But today he went in and apparently he has a full list of demands. So Jack only said that before the season because Jack. I reported. reported No, no, no. no. I did report in August that Chris Ash was going to get fired and Greg Schiano was going to get hired. We also reported that uh, Willie Tiger was going to get fired. No, 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 no. you guys credit. predicted that. I reported. He did report. Like, he actually wrote he it, it. That that was going to happen. So, <laughs> but I also uh, reported a lot of wrong things. Two so news items before we get out of here. Too two, much. two news items. Uh, walk me through this. Barry Sanders named the GOAT by USA Today. Yes, Greatest because football player of all time. today is actually Wednesday. 150th anniversary of college yeah, football. Yeah, which is a thing to transition from Rutgers. Rutgers loves talking about it. It's the Brent only thing they talk right? Yep. Okay. And well, Rutgers the won, have. and they won the national championship that year. Mm-hmm. There was only one game played in that season. Anyways, they did a list, and they, they named the, all their college football analysts, came together and agreed upon, I guess, Barry Sanders being number one, the GOAT. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I mean, it's hard to argue good at Oklahoma Barry State, Sanders. But it, it, it's, I mean, Bo Jackson was incredible at Auburn. He won a Heisman. Oh, Marshall yeah, the, Walker can, was incredible. You can definitely Georgia. argue it. I would say – I'd say Herschel Walker maybe had been better in college than than Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders had that one amazing year, and I'd have to look at the rest of his numbers. But Barry Sanders, listen, everybody loves Barry Sanders. It's, yeah, it's subjective. So it's, it's really it's it's really neither here nor there. But just but, a number of names you could. Personally, I think the greatest college football player that I ever saw. I don't like him. In fact, I hate him. He broke your heart, Cam Newton. I think he's the greatest college football player that ever was. He Cam had the Newton's best year. Electric. He only played one year. But I think it was the best year we've ever seen. He lifted a mediocre, an, an average team to a national championship. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen very often. No, I mean, like I Tim Tebow was great, but that team probably could have won without Tim Tebow. And no, I, that team could have won without Tim Tebow. He was great, but that team was stacked. The Auburn team, eh, there was nothing there. Oh, yeah, without the the best player in my lifetime that I've ever seen play in person in college football is definitely Cam Newton. I would agree with that. But Barry Sanders, 39 touchdowns, like. 20-something hundred yards, a lot of yards. Incredible season at Oklahoma State. Uh, what a backfield. Had Thurman Thomas at one time. Thurman Thomas and 
Uh, Barry Sanders, both NFL Hall of Famers. And, and same Barry backfield. Sanders is just such like a, a football name. Like when you hear that, it's like it's just so synonymous. He's also, I think he's just universally beloved. Yeah. Like I don't think there's there's not many players as universally beloved as Barry Sanders. Last news item, not really a news item. Megan Mullen be kissing folks. Yeah, and listen. Megan Mullen is Dan Mullen's wife, uh, and she she hugs every player getting off the bus going into the stadium. She kisses them on the cheek. There's some pictures that make it look like she's kissing them on the lips. I've watched her do at the dog walk hundreds of oh, – dozens of times. Dozens of times. She just hugs them, gives them a kiss on the cheek. I Listen. I don't care about any Dan Mullen slander. You can do it. Megan Mullen's a saint. Don't be talking about Megan Mullen. Megan Mullen, Mullen, very nice lady. I said this. I I have met her a couple times. Shared shared some beverages at the guest room. A queen of a lady. She is. I, it is a strange visual. And it's a strange I, visual, but you can make a picture look like it. Like no, if you no, watch no, no. it, if you I'm watch the video. About that. I'm not even talking about that. It's the fact that it's like, it, and maybe it's just because the sheer number of yeah. football players. Like if it was a, like a basketball team, it wouldn't look as ridiculous. It's a hundred players. It's a hundred. And like if they were, if they were like high school kids or junior high kids, like these are grown ass men. These are 18 to 23 year olds. And I understand it's just, it for people that didn't grow up in the South, like you, like touching people in general is weird. Let alone like kissing a hundred people is weird. Yeah. She, the video, I'll post it on if I have your blessing to post on the social. Was definitely there were some guys that she she wanted to kiss more than others. Maybe she just had a better relationship with them. Mega Mullen is a saint. She's very nice. I just that you know you you come to the East Coast. And even probably the West Coast, too, to a certain degree. But everybody out there is, like, smoking weed and loving each other, too. Like, the East Coast is, like, a cold place. Yeah. Trying I mean, to explain. Like, I don't want to kiss people here. Well, no, but trying to explain to people that didn't grow up where, like, kissing on the cheek and stuff like that is, like, a normal greeting. It looks why strange. doesn't Okay, but why doesn't it happen in more Southern schools, then? I, I think it's weird. And I'm not even <laughs> trying to talk shit about her because I think she's very nice. It is weird. If Terry Saban <laughs> did that, Terry, oh if Miss Terry was doing that, like we'd have been talking about this for a long time. It, it, you're absolutely right, Jack. Now the thing is, is that Megan Mullen also like she's very pretty. She's a good-looking woman. Yeah, she was on TV. She was on the golf channel. Yeah, she was. Did you know how they met? Yeah, I actually I don't know if I should say uh, whatever. No, doesn't matter. But she was on the golf channel. Yeah, a reporter. Yeah, so she she it, she's very 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 pretty. So I yeah. feel like she might get a little bit of a pass because of that. Anything else? No, good, I'm excited for week eleven. Yeah, biggest game of the year, LSU. But it's just the start. It's just the appetizer. This is the main course because you still got Ohio State, Penn State. You still got the SEC championship game. You Baylor still got OU. Auburn hosting both Georgia and Alabama back to back. So it's really just getting good. You got Baylor and Oklahoma. Thank you very much for that. You got Oregon, Utah coming at the end of the month or at the beginning of next month for the championship. Yeah. Hopefully, one loss with both of them. So we've spent Strap all in, this folks. time kind of getting set up, and we're about to. We're about to peel this onion. We're about to strap the fuck in. Strap the fuck in. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's time for. Oh, mine. like a seatbelt. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking something else. Your All right. Mine is dirty. No, it's not. Dirty. Oh, it's like that's Casey Smith. I'm Brandon Walker. That's Jack Mack over there looking at his phone. This has been unnecessary roughness.